man. Here we are again. It's another episode of Side Talk. It sure is. And I am going to start this sizzling hot take today. Uh Uh-oh. Remember how we kind of made fun of our friend Josh a little bit for not liking Prince the other day? Maybe made fun isn't the right word. We kind of skewered him a little bit. Yes. Yes. I do remember. I have a confession. Uh Uh-oh. Something that's going to make people really angry. Uh Uh-oh. I don't really like Billy Joel. Oh, that's fine. Is Does it? that make people Is angry? Okay? I think so, right? Right, well, Brad? That's totally acceptable. Okay, yeah, because I, I don't either. I mean, I'm not trying to compare Billy Joel to Prince, but I, you know what I don't like about Billy Joel? What's that? How fucking dogmatic he is. In what sense? It's what, always what like, mean? listen, boy, like, tell her about it, or honestly. Just like giving you commands? Yes, he's like giving, like, as if he's so old and wise, he's just giving, doling out advice, and yet he's just like on the in the Hamptons driving his car, hitting dogs and shit. I mean, now that you mention it, he does kind of demand that the piano man yes. sing him a song. It's constant, constant dogmatic bullshit from this person. Wow. Who himself is not a you know, really upstanding citizen. I'm just, you know, the music's not for me. That's the only reason I don't, you know, yeah. that, I think that's a... Well, I just figured people would be mad. He continues to sell out MSG, response. which is a really cool way to shorten Madison Square Garden. Well, because he's able to, like, fly his helicopter directly to his house <laughs> afterwards, from, right? Right, he's able to... I'm yeah. pretty sure that's it. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. He just yeah. gets on a helicopter. And again, in the Hamptons, he just loads up in the front yard with his bottle of vodka and flies over i i mean you know the more that we talk about it the more that kind of sounds like kind of an amazing life so good for billy joel i mean you play a couple songs on the piano people like them yeah yeah, you 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 do that shit and then you have the privilege of living 40 more years in absolute luxury yeah it really is all like listen son i've got advice for you i'm gonna tell you how to live your life like (laughs) You know, and then there's like, there's, it's that or it's that, like, we didn't start the fire, which also seems dogmatic in its own way. That's not necessarily trying to give you advice, but it's just trying to put everybody on blast somehow. Um, anyway. Yeah. Wow. I haven't thought about Billy Joel this it's long hard. He's hard to avoid. For a while. I, the reason why I thought of him is because he was on the radio coming over here and I started to change the station. The other thing that was on the radio. Mm-hmm that I am upset about is, you know, Will Smith seems to have been somewhat canceled, at least for the moment, as far as his little film projects go. But Welcome to Miami or whatever that shit is was on the radio, too. Well, that's because that song, as we all know, fucking slaps. What? No, Corey, no. Anyway, this isn't a radio podcast. This is a film (laughs) podcast where we talk about movies. It's side talks. I don't think we even mentioned that after this extended Billy Joel-related intro. We started with that. We're just going to, from here forward, give you advice as if we're Billy Joel about how to live your damn life and what you should be doing and, you know. Young man, here are the movies you should watch. Yeah. Listen, boy. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Oh, here we go. You finally, thank you. I'm gonna. I'm being <laughs> gracious here. You finally did something I asked you to, which is to watch a film. You you didn't watch the one we talked about last week. No. But we we may we may get there. I we'll, assume we'll, we'll get, get there, there at some point, especially as we get closer to the end of the school year. Yes, and you have some more time. But in the meantime, you have gone in and watched St. Elmo's Fire. God help me. I'm here to defend. Brad, you can go ahead and start the timer now if you haven't already. Okay, let me just get this question out of the the way. Okay. Because it sets the tone for the whole argument. interesting strategy. Um, 
is this a movie you genuinely like? Is this a movie you have some sort of nostalgic, like good feeling memory of, or are these two things like inseparable for you? I don't think that they're inseparable, but I think in this particular case, they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, both. Sure, sure, sure. In this particular case, they don't always have to be intertwined. In other words, I can have nostalgia for a film and not necessarily like it, but enjoy something about the nostalgic experience. But you do think this is a genuinely good movie? I think this is a genuinely good movie. I really, really enjoy it. Now, it's a genuinely good type of film. Mm Mm-hmm. Which so, is, you know, the the young 20-something, we've just graduated from college, and now we're aimless in Ronnie Reagan's America. Yeah. Okay. I, think it's, I think it's a fine film for that. Now, I would say this. When I first saw it, I went in as a very young youngster, uh-huh. hoping for something like a Pretty in Pink, something like, you know, that, that sort of John Hughes moment from the Brat Pack that, you, sure, that we sure. all know and some of us love. And I didn't get that from this, right? I got, no. it's a different, it's a little bit of a different take. And so as a youngster, I was very disappointed. And, but then over the years, I've, I've continually embraced this film and now to uh, the point where it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's on my top. I don't think it's in my top 200 list, but I, boy, oh boy, do I enjoy this movie. Hmm. Okay. So what's your problem? I hated this shit. I hated it so much. Yeah. What'd like, you hate I don't mean to like completely rag on it, but all of these people are fucking terrible. They're the uh-huh. worst characters. And I know that to some degree, that's the point, right? Like we're watching these self-centered characters, like grow up a little bit and, um, or ostensibly grow up a little bit over, I don't, how long is the, the period of time this movie takes place like well, a couple probably, of weeks it's it's a couple of seasons i think okay i actually well, think it's a couple of seasons i think we go from like winter into spring or something or maybe just fall into i couldn't winter. really get a read on that um yeah i i i really i really like really just hated it i really hated it um you're taking it too seriously i guess i am because like i i can see some sort of like potential camp appeal of it but i took it at face value which is it, you know, here are, you know, the seven wayward, but relatively, you know, ultimately likable because they're played by ostensibly likable performers, young people who are going to fuck up and make mistakes. But like the mistakes that they make, these people should not only be sent to prison, like Emilio Estevez should get the chair. I knew that was going to come up. I knew you were going to be so mad about him stalking Dale. I'm so mad I, about so I much of it. I freaking love. That's, that's the thing. You're missing the moments of like at the beginning when Andy McDowell walks through the doors of the hospital and as if she's going into the doors of heaven, right? I mean, that's You're absurd. missing the, the Rob Lowe with the bat t-shirt playing Rob the Lowe playing a character whose name I believe is Cocaine. Right. I freaking love this about this film. Yes, Emilio going up, not knowing this woman at all, and following her into a cabin in the woods and stalking her down. I what do you how do what's your problem here? I mean like why can't you embrace some of the some of the fun of this? I, I guess I guess over time I can embrace it as a camp object, but as I watched it, I was infuriated Demi by Demi Moore's character in the hotel room doing coke with the oil barons well, watching is MTV but is I, one of the greatest moments ever. I couldn't figure if like, okay, how conscious is Joel Schumacher of what he's doing? I don't care. That's I, I think that's the thing. With I, this particular I film, do care. I don't care. Because you've got like so many... And okay. it's not just the oil okay, bearing thing, fine. but you've got so many just like vicious stereotypes in this movie, including of like, and this is kind of funny when they try to hook up Andrew McCarthy with like Demi Moore's gay neighbor or whatever. Oh, Joel Schumacher's so, a gay man, and yeah. he, and like he's engaging in some of the most like 
stereotypical eighties like let's then, laugh at the let's laugh at a limp rust. You have the joke. quote unquote welfare queen in that one scene in with Mayor Winningham. And Mayor just Winningham like, were, just give me the check. So and then she's like, You need to find yourself a man and leaves that scene. Okay, I'm kind of talking myself okay, into thinking exactly. this is hilarious. So you're 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 going around in circles here and coming back full circle to, but the to problem my is argument. as no. i watched it i was just getting i was just like you've got to be fucking why? kidding me why are you so angry I don't, you don't just, you don't get angry at independence day mayor winningham wearing that freaking little sweater up to her neck with a bandage on her head and rob lowe's like skeezy ass like frat boy rolling is around and Amelia estevez in those red suspenders like i can keep going with this and yet i to answer your question if you care so much about whether or not he, the director here is taking this seriously then i will reference the scene with demi moore in the hotel room and say there's no way he's completely taking not this completely without i suppose so i have just one well Sam- okay no 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 hold on hold on this okay. is gonna turn okay. into a seven minute fight because okay. i haven't gotten to a lot I of heard Corey say a lot of words okay um yeah the movie unmistakably wants us to sympathize with and root for these protagonists. And I found them almost all completely unsympathetic. Like for a while I was on team Andrew McCarthy or team Ali Sheedy. And by the end of the movie, I was like, well, to hell with both of them too. I'm tired of it. And then like Mayor Winningham is just like, um, I don't know, just like, Rachel's laughing at me because I'm just like rubbing my temples as I'm trying you to come up with the words. Way too seriously. I guess I did. Enjoy yourself, Mayor, Mayor Winningham's like, I'm going to, um, you know, Rob Lowe's going to come on to me and I'm going to like kind of play into it a little bit, which is the absolute worst thing on earth that anybody could do for that character. So I'm no longer sympathetic for her. And Judd Nelson in this movie. Oh, he's the worst. He's definitely the worst. Also, you're forgetting about the loft with the giant Nike ad or the apartment with the Billy Idol with the neon earring. The production design of this thing alone is amazing. Plus, they're in freaking uh, Whatchamajig in in In, D.C. In Washington, yeah. And... Not DC, but in um, Georgetown. Georgetown, yeah. And they pull up to the bar and park every single time right in front of the bo- uh, the the doors to the bar. Yeah. Like, nothing about this is 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 living in a world of reality, which is what makes it really really fun. Plus, the whole name of the film and where it gets the name. Are we really believing that Demi Moore is going to freeze to death? <laughs> like it's 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 ludicrous and and amazing and ridiculous and embraceable. And the ca- how did they even put this cast together? Terrific. Well, terrific. I, I was I was furious. Terrific, it. but maybe one day I can embrace it. And Andy McDowell's weird. Kirby, blowing out the flames. Kirby, is that you, Kirby? It's some of the worst acting from her that we've ever seen, and that's saying a lot from that person. And wow. Anyway, it's really. I think it's that makes it even more enjoyable. I'm I'm in full support of this film. <clears throat> wow. You you're okay. going to have a good time when you watch this, and the fact that you didn't. Eh. Corey, what's wrong? I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, I have not seen this, but I did almost fall asleep just now reading the synopsis. It's (laughs) group of friends struggle with adulthood. Oh, my God. Um, I do kind of see the nostalgia angle, maybe, but Corey is most likely probably very correct here. Um, Everyone in it seems insufferable. Um, I'll go watch it and confirm, but Francis Ha sucked, and this probably sucks, too. Whoa. Um, Uh, the title very is, different film, Sam. Very. <laughs> the different. title is better as a Brian Eno song. 
Um, and it kind of sounds like Seinfeld or maybe Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're all just awful people who never learn, but that isn't the joke. Um, so plus 5,000 points for Rachel. She made some good points. Uh, but plus a million for Corey's righteous okay. anger and none for Rob Lowe. I, I, I will say this. One day I would like to do a quote-unquote side talks live screening at the cinema of this movie because I would love to see this ridiculous piece of shit with a crowd. <laughs> and I would love for Sam to see it in that context too. Sam, don't watch it until we do this. Okay. And then you're going to, we're going to re up and then you're going to weigh in again. Because I, I just, I cannot, I cannot wrap my head around this movie right now as like enjoyable on the level that you're describing it as enjoyable. I yeah, just I cannot mean, do did it. Did you sit down with your little like, your little glasses on and your little notebook. Well, and I did like have my watching, glasses on because I wear this, glasses. Yes. Watching this like a little film critic would watch it. Just enjoy it. Just in, let it let it bathe over you and all its ridiculousness and enjoy it. Oh, Saint Elmo's Fire Rules. I'm going to use Estevez that the best. line. Just enjoy Demi it. Demi Moore. So many times and so Demi many more Moore fights. Demi Moore is the best. This is a great. I mean, Rob Lope, again, playing saxophone in a bat shirt. Go to hell, Corey. And go to hell, Sam, too. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Uh, uh, of, uh... <laughs> Echo, Foxtrot. Man, that's weird. Man, that's weird. That's our intro for me, and that's weird, but we're pausing that for one second. Uh-huh. Because you just made a comment that we didn't even have a chance to talk about the St. Elmo's Fire theme song. I mean, I don't have much to, to... Yeah, um, I don't have much to add other than to say it's the best thing about the movie. <laughs> the, the song is really great. Oh, okay, well... I'm not gonna, it's a good song. I'm not going to argue that it's not a good song. It's a great song, and it goes with a great film, and it it's hand in hand right there. I'm going to have to check the notes, oh, but I believe boy. that was just adjudicated against okay. your position. Okay. Well, more importantly, let's talk about Nick Cage. All right. Because in this episode of, or this segment, Man, That's Weird, I have decided to look a little bit onto Nick Cage's website, or excuse me, website, even though he probably does have one. NickCage.com. His his Wikipedia page, his IMDb page, and other pages that I could find to come to bring you a a little list of some interesting facts about the one and only Nicholas Coppola. Well, as I've said before, probably my favorite actor. Yes. And, um... Lots of discussion about Nicolas Cage in the in recent months. Um, got a lot of Oscar buzz for Pig. Should have gotten an Oscar nomination for Pig because that's yep. a great performance and sure. a great movie. And um, uh, just uh, had a book released about him analyzing his career uh, by a podcast host and critic named Keith Phipps. And I've got that book at home, Age oh, of Cage. I'm going to read Age it. Age of Cage. They, they just wanted that name. Here's the other thing. What brought it up for me was that, uh-huh. as you know, I recently watched the film that is the meta film with him in it. That's the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yep. Am I saying that correctly? Yep. For some reason, I want to use those words interchangeably. Anyway, I decided to, to, to venture on to his Wikipedia page for starters to see how much was true in the film. Does he have a daughter? Does he currently have a wife? That kind of thing. Just, just out of curiosity. And it led me down a Nick Cage, a bit of a Nick Cage rabbit hole. So it'll be interesting to see since this is your favorite actor, if you were familiar with some of what I found, because there's a good bit out there. Let's hear it. So, you know, he's had some financial trouble. We've talked about this, that he's, claimed to have taken all these really terrible roles or really just whatever role came his way so he could pay bills Mm -hmm. and that he in 2022 has now cleared that 
and can now be start being a little more selective. Is that the? Is that? Am I saying that's that my understanding? Well, here's a little more about that, and that's okay. kind of the focus of of some interesting stuff about him. In 2009, the IRS said, "Tell me what you, if you know this." Alleged allege that K, that Cage had failed to pay his 6.2 million in federal income tax for the year 2007. Yes, I was aware yeah. of this. And did you know that he then turned and instead of just coughing up the 6.2 million, he filed a 20 million dollar lawsuit against his business manager Samuel Levin or Levine. I'm not sure which mm-hmm. it is. Are you? I, I don't know. Well, you knew that then. I, I knew about this. So he alleged negligence and fraud, stating that he that that Le- Levin or Levine had failed to pay his taxes uh, and had placed him in some uh, overtly risky real estate investments. Uh oh. Yeah, resulting in catastrophic loss. Bummer. Well, that's all you know what you would expect somebody who's who's desperate to do, but. Interestingly, Levin then filed a counter complaint stating that Cage lives beyond his means. I wonder who's telling the truth here. That doesn't seem surprising. <laughs> and that he had encouraged him, actually, had encouraged Nicolas Cage to spend less. But instead of listening to him, Cage spent most of his free time shopping for high ticket items such as 15 residences. Yep. A Gulfstream jet, which I know of Gulfstream was one of our clients when I worked in advertising. And those planes in the early 2000s started at $44 million before you began customizing them. $44 million. Beginning at $44 million. That's before you decide on your cabinet work and your, you know, this and that. That's like two National Treasure movies. Mm-hmm. And again, that was in 2000. So my guess is the price has gone up. Usually that's what happens. Uh, so in addition to those 15 residence, uh, residences, a squadron – which I don't know what how many that makes, but a squad. Well, to ask Taylor Swift, a squadron of Rolls Royces, and then my favorite exotic items. And I know what you're thinking. What do you mean by exotic items? Well, one of them is a Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton. Yes, right? uh, uh, a Tarbosaurus uh, Rex. Yeah, uh, or a Tarbosaurus period skull. So you knew about that. Yeah. Um, did you also know that he discovered then that it was stolen? No. Yes. So he he discovered it was stolen, and so he has since then had to return it to the Mongolian authorities. What? So does he just like keep his stuff in like some Charles Foster Kane giant warehouse and never like look at it? Well, he's just like, well, I bought my Tarbosaurus skull, um, but upon further inspection, I discovered that it was stolen. I didn't actually look at it. For Four years uh, until four years after I bought it because I'm just buying so much. Also, shit. maybe he should have thought about it when he met that person in a dark alley somewhere in Los Angeles to buy a dinosaur skull. Probably. What but, do you think it's like? Like <laughs> I have a, no like idea. a guy with a, in a trench coat who yeah. just like opens it up to show him. I have no idea bones. how that dinosaur skull kind of stuff goes down, but there does seem to be a theme here because he also at one point owned what he claimed to be the most haunted house in America. Sick. Okay, but that was foreclosed on. Oh. And, uh, and sold at auction in 09. And in 2011, he sold his Action Comics number one. I knew about that. That's an online auction for a record-breaking $2.6 million. He had purchased it in 1997 for 110k. so that wasn't a bad investment. No. But it was stolen from him in 2000, and he got an insurance payment in 2011. It was found in a storage locker in the San Fernando Valley. Wow. Yes. So anyway, Nicholas um, Cage, keep up with your shit, right. dude. I don't know who's stealing or what. It sounds like a lot of 
these shopping sprees are happening in, in interesting places. They're not at, they're not happening at the outlet mall. If you know I, I mean. mean, you know what happens. It happens to everybody. You you have a little something to drink. You you get a little high. You get on eBay, and, and then you, before yeah. you know it, Craigslist. You, it's just. Facebook yeah, Marketplace. Of course I need this. And then you wake up the next morning in Tarbosaurus Rex skull. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, the last little fact I have to tell you is that Kathleen Turner, do you know about this? Uh-huh. Wrote in her 2008 memoir, Send Your Roses, what's the name of the memoir, uh, that Cage had stolen a chihuahua. Stolen a chihuahua. And had also been arrested twice for drunk driving while on the set of Peggy Sue Got Married. Well, as a younger man, he seems like he was a bit of a hellion. Well, he was, but I will say, Cage sued her, <gasps> and she did retract and say, no, she he didn't actually steal a chihuahua. Oh. Not really sure why she embellished there, but the two drunk driving incidents, he couldn't really defend himself against. Sure. I mean, that's a the matter chihuahua of public she record. Retracted. Wow. So, come on, Kathleen Turner. <laughs> like, get your story straight. <laughs> there was straight. no reason for why she made up the chihuahua story, but I think this, Corey, mm-hmm. where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's missing Chihuahua, there might be Nick Cage. I mean, Nicholas Cage has never pretended to be a normal man <laughs> in his defense. So, uh, but that's, that's what makes him so compelling. That's all I have for you because I was right. I was like, once I've once I've hit two pages of notes, I've got to stop. And so it <laughs> it does go from there, and maybe we'll pick it back up later. But, I hope uh, so. That's what I've got for you today. Well, we are your own personal cinematic Aline and Saline. Oh, I still haven't seen this movie. I've got one more chance. Oh, it's so, so not good, but so incredibly enjoyable. Anyway, I'd rather be Saline. I think, hmm, I don't know. I think you you can't go right either way here. But there's something about a... 37 year old woman playing an eight year old that I just doesn't sit well with me. So I'm going to, I'm going to claim Celine if that's all right. That's okay. That's it's okay. All coming back to me. All coming back to me. I don't know. I don't know. What are, what are some other. We've done that one before. We've done that one done several that one times. Yeah. So I don't, what else do we have? I What's another Celine? No, any other Brad, Celine Dion songs? Can you Dion take us out songs? with a Celine deep cut? I'll look one up. Okay. Well, I feel better then. Anyway, this is Side Talks Podcast, or it was. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Batwell Studios. Thank you to Rebel Letter Coffee. Thank you to Celine Dion, who you hear playing in the background right now. Thanks to the magic of Batwell Studios. Sidewalkfest.com. Come see a movie with us at the Sidewalk Cinema. Get your tickets and check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film. That's, That's it, all man. we got. That's all I got for you. All right. See you later. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.